Welcome to the Mommy Sober Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Berkeley Boren. Inspired by my own journey from mommy wine culture to mommy sober culture, I want to explore our personal and cultural relationships with alcohol and sobriety. We'll look at not only the role that alcohol plays in our lives, but also self-care, wellness and spirituality, motherhood, and sisterhood. I hope that through this podcast, you realize that you are not alone in this journey. And I hope we have some fun along the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mommy's Sober Culture. Today's episode is all about the facts, the facts about alcohol. Uh, This episode is going to just be filled with a lot of information. This might be one that you want to save. This might be a podcast that you want to come back to more than once. Sometimes I feel like, you know, when you give something up, almost like an X, it's easy for a period of time to think about the best things about them, right? You remember all the good times and all their good qualities and you forget about all of the trash and the ridiculousness and the crap that they put you through. And it can be that way with alcohol in the beginning. So this might be a good thing for you to save that you can come back to remind yourself of all of the what the real deal is with alcohol. And just like a trash ex, there will be a point where you move on, you get into another healthy relationship and you don't even think about that ex anymore, or you don't need to be reminded about how bad they are because you are in a wonderful, loving and healthy relationship. And it's going to be like that with alcohol as well, except your relationship is going to be with yourself and your new and full life. And your life is going to be so full and wonderful that you don't need to come back to this podcast anymore because you don't need to be reminded about how bad alcohol is. You don't have room for it to begin with. Now, when we talk about drinking, let's first remember when we go through all of these facts about alcohol, what is considered moderate drinking? Well, moderate drinking is considered one drink a day for women and two drinks a day for men. So moderate drinking would be one five ounce glass of wine, one 12 ounce a glass or can or bottle of beer, or a 1.5 ounce shot of liquor which most shot glasses are about two ounces, so not a full shot glass of liquor. So when we're talking about drinking and a lot of these different side effects from drinking that might manifest more in heavy drinkers, well, a heavy drinker is considered anyone who drinks more than that moderate drinker, one drink a day for women, two drinks a day for men. And it's not every day if that's seven drinks in a full week. So anything above that is considered a heavy drinker. So having said that, let's get into it. What is alcohol? Well, first, alcohol is a drug. Alcohol is an addictive substance. It is on the addiction scale of the most addictive drugs that there are. It's number three, just below cocaine and heroin, um, but above nicotine and methamphetamine. So alcohol is more addictive than cigarettes or meth 
or any of the other drugs, take your pick. It is only rated below cocaine and heroin. There are a few different um, scales out there. That's the main one. But in all of them, alcohol is in the top five and alcohol is above nicotine and meth. So alcohol is a drug. What alcohol does is when you drink alcohol, your body floods with dopamine. And that gives you that initial high, if you will, or that initial good feeling. But then the body chemistry adjusts to need that dopamine. So then your body starts to desensitize itself to that flood of dopamine. But it not only does that when you're drinking, it starts to do that in your everyday life, even when you're not drinking. So you need that extra flood of dopamine just any day to get that good feeling. So the things that used to feel really good, maybe don't feel so good anymore. They're dulled, even when you're not drinking alcohol because it's like a drug and it's changing the chemistry in your body, even at times that you're not drinking. So alcohol, yes, is a drug. Alcohol is an antiseptic. I know everyone knows isopropyl alcohol is an antiseptic, but F alcohol also kills bacteria. So what is that doing in your system? Well, it's killing the good bacteria in your gut. We all know that we have millions and millions of bacteria in our gut, some good, some bad, but some are very, very needed. And when we drink alcohol, it kills a lot of those good bacteria. They say health starts in the gut. And that's so true. Your gut health is very important. A lot of people, you know, are spending a lot of money on prebiotics, probiotics, all sorts of different things. But then when we're drinking alcohol, it kills off that good bacteria that we're working so hard to build up. And that results in things um, like leaky gut syndrome. It, it thins the lining of our gut. So then our gut starts to leak and that causes all sorts of other issues that we can go into in a whole different podcast. But alcohol does kill those good bacteria in your gut. I remember when I drank just saying, guts hurt. My guts just hurt all the time. Alcohol is a diuretic. Most people know this. This is one of the reasons you wake up feeling so crappy and thirsty generally after you've had a few drinks. You are severely dehydrated. This leads to headaches after you drink. This also is a reason why when you're drinking, you're drinking, but you're still thirsty. It leads to more drinking when you're drinking because you're dehydrating yourself as you're drinking. It's counterintuitive, I know. So you're craving more to drink. Well, what you have in front of you to drink is alcohol. So you're drinking more alcohol. That's why sometimes it seems like the drinks seem to go down faster because you're dehydrating your body as you're drinking. This leads down the road to more brittle hair, more wrinkles, uh, dry skin, older looking skin. If your body over time is dehydrated over and over and over, we all know, you know, everybody says, Oh, you got to get your water in, get this much water a day. But if you're getting your water in and then you're sucking your water out and you're dehydrating yourself at night, it's kind of counterproductive. So alcohol is a diuretic. What else is alcohol? Alcohol is a poison. It's literally ethyl alcohol it is 
known to pretty much poison every area of your body that it touches. This is why your body tries to purge it when you drink too much alcohol. It recognizes it as a poison, and that's why you begin to throw up. That's why you can have alcohol poisoning, because it's a poison. Alcohol increases your risk for heart disease. It's a known cause of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, premature aging of your arteries. Alcohol also poisons your liver. Your liver filters out the toxins or the poisons in your blood, and it breaks down everything that we consume into different components that we can use. When alcohol enters your system, it makes the liver work in overdrive. The liver has to immediately remove the alcohol because it recognizes it as a poison from your system. So the liver is working harder. This can lead to, as you you probably know, cirrhosis, liver failure, liver cancer, fatty liver, which overworks your liver and overtaxes your liver and eventually leads to liver failure. Alcohol is a poison really for our metabolism because your body has to prioritize prioritize metabolizing alcohol above anything else because it needs to get it out of your system because it's a poison. So when we drink alcohol, our body doesn't metabolize the carbs or the fats or the proteins that we're eating. It first says, I got to get this poison out of my system. It metabolizes the alcohol again through the liver and the different systems of the body to get it out. But this leads to slower metabolism, weight gain, all of those things. Alcohol is a carcinogen. It is categorized as a carcinogen by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It increases our risk for head, neck, esophageal, colorectal, liver, and breast cancer. And the CDC says the risk for cancer is even elevated at low levels of alcohol. So even when we're drinking small amounts of alcohol, it still increases our risk for all of those cancers. Alcohol is a neurotoxin. A neurotoxin is something that does damage to our neurons. Uh, Scientists have found a 22% reduction in the number of neurons found in the frontal and motor cortex of the brain of alcoholics or heavy drinkers. Now the frontal lobe where they've seen a 22% reduction is what controls your motor activity, your behavior, and your emotions. Alcoholic dementia caused by taking this neurotoxin is the second leading cause of dementia in adults, exceeded only by Alzheimer's. Studies report that 50 to 75% of detoxified long-term alcoholic drinkers, so people who used to heavily drink and then stopped, uh, show some degree of cognitive impairment, meaning some brain dysfunction can persist even after a person quits drinking. Studies show that your brain actually shrinks when you're drinking alcohol and the gray matter in your brain shrinks. And they have studies that show this looking at people's actual brains. But the good news is with long-term abstinence from alcohol, the gray matter can grow back. Your brain can go back to its original size. A recent study in the UK looked at the brains of over 35,000 people with varying amounts of alcohol consumption. And it found that even people with low to moderate amounts 
of alcohol consumption, meaning one drink a day for women, two drinks for men, and again, however that plays out, if that's one a day or four on Friday night, three on Saturday night, however that plays out, just the average of one drink a day. Even people with that amount, the low to moderate amounts of alcohol consumption, they saw a thinning of the neocortex. So when people ask, you know, is there any amount of alcohol that is safe, really in that respect, no. In the neurotoxin respect, alcohol is doing damage each and every time we ingest it, even if it's just a little bit. Alcohol is a depressant. Alcohol slows down all of the systems of your body. That's why, you know, at first, your first drink, you feel a little relaxed when you drink it. That's why you may feel like it's easier to fall asleep after having a few drinks. Here's the problem though, is that your body, it wants to be in homeostasis. It wants to bring you back to an even keel. So to take care of it, because our body's job is to take care of us while it's trying to filter out all of this alcohol it's also trying to bring us back to our normal. So it starts producing adrenaline and cortisol to bring us back into homeostasis. It increases our heart rate. It constricts our blood vessels, all to try to bring us back to baseline. That's why sometimes you may fall asleep easier, but you wake up in the middle of the night and your heart's pounding. Maybe you have anxiety. Maybe you're sweating. It's because this adrenaline and this cortisol has outlasted the depressant effects of alcohol you didn't feel it. It started when you first started drinking, but you didn't feel it because of the depressant effects of alcohol, but it has outlasted that. And that's why you may be waking up feeling all of these anxiety or sweating or heart pounding feelings because that's your body trying to take care of you, trying to bring you back into homeostasis. That's why even if you went to bed early, sometimes you wake up and you don't feel like you've slept or you're tired all the next day after having drinking because your body is not getting the REM cycles that it would normally get when you've had some drinks. Your body is in a fight or flight stage. It's been busy fighting itself all night to get into homeostasis. So of course you're tired the next day. We talk about fight or flight. Our bodies don't know the difference between being come at by a lion or taking a depressant and trying to get back into a normal state. So as far as our body's concerned, it's in a fight for its life when you're drinking. You've put a poison in it. It's got to metabolize this out. It's got to get its adrenaline back so you can be coherent and conscious in case something comes at you. Because the chemistry in our body doesn't realize that we're in the 21st century, that we're hanging out at our house or we're hanging out somewhere safe. Our body has to have us ready, like we're living in a cave, ready to fight animals and hunt our food. So when you're drinking every day or every few days, that's sending your body into that fight or flight, into that fight every time. And we know that living in the fight stage of life, if we're always stressed out, our body doesn't know if we're constantly in fear for our lives if, or if we're just stressed out about the school pickup and drop-off line every day or if every day we are putting poison into our body. 
And when it's in that constant state of fight or flight, it changes. It changes your adrenal glands. So those that are releasing the cortisol when it's trying to get back to homeostasis, studies have shown that then your body starts to release more cortisol even at baseline. So you have more stress hormone in your body all the time, not just when you're actively drinking and your body is trying to get back to homeostasis, but all the time your body is releasing extra cortisol in just your everyday life then. And that's why they say, you know, alcohol can give you anxiety and depression even when you're not drinking it because at baseline your body starts to release more stress hormone. The good news is that can go away. That will take time. It takes time for that to slowly dissipate and to go down and for you to notice a difference in maybe your level of baseline anxiety, especially when you're used to something lowering your anxiety level, albeit for a short period of time, and you have to deal with that anxiety. I really believe that someday alcohol is going to be looked at like cigarette smoking is. Cigarette smoking, everybody knows the dangers of smoking now, and there are still plenty of people that smoke, but they kind of do it on the fringes, right? They don't, you don't smoke inside anymore. I've never met anybody that smokes. It's like, oh gosh, I'm so glad that I smoked. I'm so glad I started smoking and that I still smoke. And I think that alcohol eventually is going to be like that. We know more and more about the dangers of alcohol, just like we learned with cigarettes. There, I feel like there is more of a push to keep alcohol mainstream, and we may go into that in another podcast. But eventually, I think it will take longer, but I think eventually people will see and alcohol will be more of a fringe thing. Because when you really look at it objectively, when you really look at the pill analogy, and you have this pill that doesn't even really taste good, but has short-term side effects, and then so many long-term side effects, and that is a literal poison that you're putting into your body, is that really a trade-off that we're willing to make? For me, the answer is no. I can look at all of the other benefits of being alcohol-free, but if I just look at those benefits, just the fact that I want a healthy body, I want to live to see my grandkids and my great-grandkids, and I want to feel good while I'm doing it, all of those trade-offs for me are just not worth it. I don't want to put poison in my body all the time for a temporary relaxed feeling or for temporarily not having to deal with maybe emotions that I don't want to deal with or boredom that I don't want to deal with. So I hope this helps you. I think the knowledge is power. The more we know, the more powerful we are. And I hope armed with this, you can see alcohol clearly. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy Sober Culture. My hope is that after listening to each episode, you come away feeling encouraged, hopeful, and seen. If you enjoy this content, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll be the first to know every week when the new episode drops. Also, if you have any questions or anything you'd like me to talk about, please feel free to email me 
at burkebrin at manifesting-mama.com. I'll link it below. Have a great day.